And the title of my preach this morning is Don't Mind the Gap. And the reason why I, uh, I feel called to preach this is I feel like there may be a gap for some people. There may be a gap between the reality that we are facing right now and the promises that God has in store for us. And so I'm going to be preaching from Exodus 14. You can turn in your Bibles. You can uh, grab your phone out. You can go on Google for all the millennials. Um, But there's this beautiful uh, scripture, and it's the Israelites, they get to the Red Sea, and um, Moses has promised them there will be a promised land flowing with milk and honey. There's going to be this promised land for you, and I believe that there's a promised land for each and every one of us. But the context with this is that the Israelites had been in Egypt for 430 years. They had been slaves to the nation of Egypt. They have served there. They had been in chains and captives, but actually they had become comfortable there as well. That is everything they had known. And for 430 years, that was their normal. But then Moses pulls them out of the story and God delivers them from Egypt and pulls them into a greater story. But then they meet this gap. They meet this gap between the reality of the Red Sea and the Egyptians behind them and the promises that God has for them. And so I want to read this morning, and I want to say, let's open up our hearts to what God has for us. Because I believe that God is taking us into something greater, but that is more of Him. So we're going to read from Exodus 14, 10 10 to 18. It says this, As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, Leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh. Can we pray this morning? Thank you, Father, that you are with us. Thank you for your presence today. Thank you that you call us into a greater story, Lord. And I pray that you get all the glory this morning. Work in our hearts and let us see a fresh glimpse of who you are. May you get all the glory this morning. We praise you, King. We say, have your way in our hearts. Amen. Amen, amen. But there's this amazing story. And as I said, the Israelites uh, are uh, overlooking the Red Sea. And they are hearing the Egyptians come behind them. And what I want to say is that... This Egyptian army was a skilled army. It was a terrifying army. But most scholars actually say that the Israelites numbered around 2.4 million men, women, and children. But the Egyptians were only 100,000. So you may go, but were they cowards? How could they be fearful of this enemy behind them? They outnumbered them. God is so much greater. But what I also want to say is that the fear was real because these Egyptians, they were skilled warriors. The enemy is skilled. 
the enemy knows how to attack and when to attack, and they were trained in warfare. And when the Israelites heard the Egyptians behind them, there were the sound of war chariots. There were the sound of a hundred thousand men on a mission to take the purposes of God away from the Israelites, to fight for the territory that the Israelites were going to occupy. And the enemy wants to do that in our lives as well. And so what I want to say to us, my first point is don't settle in the gap. Don't settle in the gap. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? See, sometimes we can settle in the gap between our reality and the promises God has for us. And we look to the past. We look to what was comfortable. We look to the thing that we had in our hands. We look to what we were in control of. We look to our bank accounts when it was full. We look to what was in the past. But there's this gap between our reality and the future God has for us. And so what did the Israelites do? They looked back to Egypt. Now, historically in the Bible, Egypt was a land where the people of God just made bad decisions. It was a land where the people of God would forsake what God was telling them, forsake the promises that God had for them, the promised land, and would go back to Egypt. And so often in our lives, we do this. The Israelites, just a week prior to this story, had seen the miracles of God come before them. They had seen God in their midst. They had experienced the presence of God, the Spirit of God hovering over um, the Egyptian nation. But then they forgot. Now, how often do we do this? If You just have to ask my wife how forgetful I am sometimes. And uh, you can ask her later. She'll give you a rundown. Trust me, she has a list. But it's okay. But we prosper. We continue forward. Um, but... How often do we forget? On a Sunday, we come in the presence of God. We praise His name. We worship our King. But then Monday to Saturday, we forget how we had encountered Him. We forget what He had done in our lives. We forget what He is continuing to do. We forget what He had rescued us from, but also what He is rescuing us into. See, the Israelites forgot just a week before they had been delivered from the Egyptian nation. And now they stand before the gap. And they're saying, God, where are you? They were terrified. Where are you, God? See, the enemy became bigger and bigger and bigger. And as they took their eyes off their God, the enemy became larger. And the gap became wider and wider and wider. And when we take our eyes off our king, when we take our eyes off our savior, the gap will become bigger. See, what did the Israelites do in that moment? The, the verse says they looked up and saw the Egyptians. But I want to say is they were looking in the wrong direction. They were looking towards the obstacle. They were looking towards the enemy. But they should be, have been looking towards their father. They were so focused on the graves and, and the death in the past that they weren't focused on the life before them. See, so often in our lives, I think 2020 has been this one where it just hasn't measured up. There's this gap that we are hoping for. Just, God, I, I need you to turn this around. I just, my finances cannot get any lower. I, I, I need you to take this from me. Or, God, my relationship with my wife just isn't where it should be at the moment. You've promised this for me, but I'm just not seeing it in the natural. Where are you, God? You remember what he had done in the past. You remember the experience that you felt now and then. But where is God in that moment? And I want to say, do not lose hope. Do not lose hope. Do not take your eyes off your Father in heaven. 
for a moment because when we do that, the gap will become larger. But God says, fix your eyes on me and see what I will do. And so I want to say, don't settle in the gap. But my next point is don't fear in the gap. It says this, they were terrified and cried out to the Lord. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. I struggled with anxiety for uh, many years in my life and there were many periods where I just was overwhelmed by my circumstances. And I, I remember one day just uh, feeling a tightness in my chest, but crying out before God and saying, God, where are you? How can you be real if I feel like this? How can you be real? What you have said to me in your promises, what you have said in the Bible just isn't measuring up with what I am feeling, what I am experiencing with the reality of my day. But I just wanna say, is that what are you afraid of? What are you anxious about today? But God is saying, do not be afraid. See, the Israelites were moving towards the promised land. And as Gabe preached so beautifully last week, is that when we take ground for God's kingdom, there will be a fight for that territory. The enemy will fight for that territory because you are going to walk into the more and the fullness that God has for you. And with that, there may come anxiety. With that, there may come fear. And it may be fine in the natural. It may actually be uh, valid in the natural. There's circumstances and realities in life. But I want to say that God is greater than your circumstance. God is greater than your reality. And He is greater than the sea before the Israelites who He parted for them. He is greater than the Egyptian army which He took down with one foul swoop. He is greater. And will you trust in that God? See, the word in Hebrew there, um, with afraid is actually sore afraid. They were so afraid that it they were sore in the deepest parts of their soul. They were sore in the deepest parts of their soul. Have you ever experienced that? I know I have. You don't see God in your reality. You don't see God working. You just see the finances going down. You just see your marriage in tatters. You're just seeing the promises that He had for you nowhere in the picture and you get sore afraid in the deepest parts of your soul you cry out God where are you why have you forsaken me but I want to say is will you keep on trusting in your father where are you looking see when the Israelites looked up they looked up in the wrong direction but what Joshua says this in Joshua 24 verse 7 it says but they cried out to the Lord for help and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians. He brought the sea over them and covered them. You saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians. Then you lived in the wilderness for, the, for a long time. Will we continue to fix and refix our gaze on our Father? We have to fix our gaze and refix our gaze. And when the enemy is behind us, we don't need to look back, but we need to refix our gaze on our Father. When our circumstances are before us, we need to refix our gaze on our Father. When the bills are coming, we need to refix our gaze on our Father. When the anxiety is climbing up, we need to refix our gaze on our Father. But the amazing thing is that He put darkness between the Israelites and the enemy. And the Bible says in 1 John 1, 5, it says this, This is the message we have heard from Him and declare to you, God is light and in Him there is no darkness at all. Where there is darkness, 
God isn't, but he is the light and he will bring light in your darkness. He stood between you and the enemy. He stood between the Israelites and the Egyptians and he brought darkness because he is the light. And so he will bring light in your situations. And us as, us as believers, I believe that we need to take hold of the promises of God during this season. There is still a gap that we need to walk, but God has promises for us. God has a journey for us. God has a promised land for you and I. And I want to say, will you fix your eyes on him and never lose sight of that? When fear was rising up and was about to rob the Israelites from the promised land, Moses gave them three simple instructions, which I feel is for us during this time. He firstly says, do not be afraid. I will bring darkness between you and your enemy and you and your circumstance. Will you not fear? Will you trust in God? Then he says, stand firm. And what that Hebrew word means is set your position. What is your position? Sons and daughters of the God Most High. Sons and daughters, when the enemy is behind you, when fear is raging inside of you, you are still a son and a daughter of the God Most High. Will you set your position and fix your eyes on Jesus? And then finally, be still. And I think this is the one that I'm not good at. Sometimes we're not good at. We're good at crying out to God but we're not good at being still before God. And we need to go and rest in His presence. And what I want to ask, do the rhythms of your life dictate the presence of God in your life? Or does the presence of God dictate the rhythms of your life? Do the rhythms of your life dictate the presence of God in your life? Or does the presence of God dictate the rhythms of your life? Do we find ourselves still before the Father? Do we find ourselves in humility before Him? Not crying out, but just saying, I want more of your presence. I want more of you in this situation. Jesus, you can take everything away, but may I have more of you and that will be enough. In you there is fullness. In you there is life. In you there is abundance. And you never lose sight of that for a second. Because that is the promises God has for us. See, one, don't settle in the gap. Two, don't be afraid in the gap. But three, move from the gap. See, then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. See, if you look at the scripture closely, Moses actually doesn't cry out to God. He doesn't actually voice anything, but he is still before him and listens to God when he speaks. He is listening out to God's voice. He's not hearing the enemy behind him. He is not hearing the roaring of the chariots, but he is waiting to hear God speak. And so what Moses says is move on. And I feel like that is a word for us during this season. Will we move on in faith? Philippians 3, 12 to 14 says this, Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. God didn't just deliver them from something. He delivered them for something. He's not just delivering you from an enemy, from a circumstance, from fear and anxiety, He's delivering you for the promises that He has for you. 
Will you take hold of that? Will you press on? When the enemy is raging behind you, will you move forward in faith to what God has for you? And see, Moses didn't move forward by his own strategy. He didn't move forward by a clever plan that he had to defeat the Egyptian army. No, he listened to what God had said. He was still before the Lord and he moved on in faith at what what God had given him. So often we try and make plans. So often we try and conjure up something because the bills are mounting up. But no, will you move forward in faith and move when God tells you to move? Will we move when God tells us to move? See, there's an action and a posture that we need to take as believers. We need to be people of faith. Moses was ready to receive from God so that he could move forward for God. I'm going to say that again. Moses was ready to receive from God so that he could move forward for God. And with him, he took a whole Israelite nation. See, I'm not saying neglect your feelings or um, trying to diminish your circumstances. I'm just saying God is greater. I'm saying your father is greater. Don't let your circumstances dictate how you feel. Let your father in heaven dictate how you feel. See, um. I had the privilege of going uh, with the elders a few years ago on a hike up Table Mountain. And if uh, you look at this body, uh, you can uh, quickly tell this isn't a hiking body. Um, yeah, yeah, these legs, they, they're made for Backstreet Boys, but not for climbing Table Mountain. There you go. Just so you know, the reunion tour is next year. Um, but I remember uh, starting the journey and I was confident. I was confident. Uh, I had my backpack on, 15 kgs. I was ready to go. I, I had mentally prepared myself and I was excited for what I was going to see at the top because I had heard so much about this beautiful view at the top. I had heard so much about the promises that they were at the top. But as we, as we uh, got going, I, re I really um, realized that uh, my abilities would not get me up this uh, mountain. Yeah, it's true. There we go. You can ask Mark, he was there. And around two-thirds of the journey, I was ready to give up. I, I couldn't anymore. My legs felt like jelly. I, there was burning and pain everywhere in my body in places I didn't even know I had. Um, but as we got up the journey, there was this man called Rian van der Vestesen, and he is a friend of this church. But he got behind me, and all he would do is he was poke me, poke me in the back, and he would say, keep on moving forward. And every time I stopped and got tired, he would lift me up, poke me in the back, and he said, keep on moving forward. And before I knew it, we were at the top. And see, as he poked me in the back and said, keep on moving forward, my eyes weren't on my lack. My eyes weren't on what I couldn't do, but my eyes were on the destination. And when we got to the top, I just took it in. And I promise you, every pain, every hurt, anything that I felt completely went away because of the promise that there was waiting at the top. And that is what we need to set our gaze in. We need to move forward in faith because of the promises that God has for you. So never stop. Never stop. Don't settle in the gap. Don't fear the gap. Move from the gap. But I want to say finally this morning is that Jesus bridged the gap. Jesus bridged the gap. See, there was a gap between us and our Father in heaven. There was a gap that sin caused that we couldn't bridge on our own. We couldn't climb up that mountain by our own ability, by our own strength or anything like that. But Jesus came and he bridged the gap. Jesus came in our brokenness, in our mess, in our circumstance, in our reality, and he bridged the gap. 
See, the Bible says that he tore the veil just like he opened the waters for the Israelites to march on through. He tore the veil and once we were reconciled with our Father. It says this in Matthew 27, And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At the moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rock split. See, Jesus hung on that cross on the Friday so that we may be reconciled to the Father. But there was still a gap. The enemy thought they had won. The Egyptians thought they had won. There was silence on the Friday. He hung on the cross and death had defeated him. The enemy was rejoicing, throwing a party, going, death had defeated him. See, you could not close the gap. You could not close the gap. Sin still prevails. Death still prevails. But I want to say as the Father was working, the Father had a plan. The Father knew the promises that He had for His sons and daughters. And God was working. And while the enemy said, oh, don't worry guys, the gap is still open. God was there and He said, just you wait and see. And what happened on that Sunday is that Jesus rose again. Jesus rose from the grave and in one instant the gap was closed forever so that we could have eternity. And that is the promise that he has for us, that, that there is eternity, there is favor, there is goodness and his grace and his love in our lives because of Jesus Christ. And I want to say is, what is the gap in your life this morning? What is the gap that you're just saying is too far, is too wide, is too big to close? Jesus gets in the gap and he closes it. And He brings us into His eternal promise so that we can walk into the fullness of God.